Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mail Military Spouse Radio Show, brought to you in part by the Military Guide to Financial Independence and Retirement and by Armed Forces Insurance. Here's your host, Dave Etter. Good morning, everybody. Definitely good morning because it's drive time in the United States of America. Um, Come on, uh, come join us. I've got uh, uh, Sean O'Driscoll will be joining us momentarily with, uh, I believe this might be Sean now. Is this you, Sean? Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Sean. Hey, good good to have you on the show. Appreciate you stopping by and saying hi. Hey, I wanted to do this interview with you mostly because you've got your second article published in, or second blog, I should say, on uh, Military Spouse Magazine, and I, I just think that's amazing. Thanks. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I've never done anything like this before, so I'm kind of learning as I go, but it's fun. Now, how did you get the idea or... Uh, or, or who, who talked you into becoming a blogger for uh, Military Spouse Magazine? Um, actually, from the first article I wrote uh, from MJ, who asked me to write an article um, about a past experience, which I did, and um, it generated a lot of buzz and comments and stuff like that. And, now, that's the one, that's, uh, that's the, one the, the male spouse perspective on spouse clubs. Is that the one? Yes, sir. And then, I like that one. And then about a week later, uh, I got an email from um, Molly, who's over at Military Spouse, asking me if I would like to submit a monthly topic um, regarding the male side of military spouses and what we all go through and some of the experiences we've had. So I'll be writing an article for, uh, once a month on certain topics and I'll be asking like the male military spouse community, their views, what experiences they've had, suggestions, ideas, and, and uh, what along with personal experiences. Now uh, with the one that you had written a month ago or submitted a month ago, I should say the one, the, the male spouse perspective on spouse clubs. Uh, if my understanding is, I have I haven't looked at it recently. I read it when it when it first came out, and um, you said that you've gotten a lot of a lot of mixed results, a lot of mixed comments on that. Can you go into some details? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, so when it came out, uh, I guess it was posted um, on a couple other the private military Facebook pages, and. Uh, there was quite a few comments, so I went to those Facebook pages. I found the, the article, and I read every single one of the comments on all of the Facebook pages that that article was posted. Um, I read every single one of them. It took me about 30 minutes to 45 minutes to do it, but I read every single comment that was posted on that. But yet when mm-hmm. I went back to the main military spouse page, there were no comments left on that. And so I was curious as to see, you know, 
why why that was and kind of what I got out of it was everyone had said that this is a topic that needs to be discussed and mm-hmm. should be brought out and everything. So that's what that's kind of where I took that from. That um, that was my first impression of a lot of other people's perspectives and views and everything. So that's why I wrote uh, the second one for first impressions was based right. off of all of the comments from the previous article. Now, which brings out a very interesting thing to, to point out to people, and you should be aware of that. When you see something on Facebook and it shows that, you know, there are comments being given, et cetera, those comments are only good for that particular Facebook page or that particular Facebook post. People share Correct. things right and left. What you need to do is you need to go, when you see something that you really like and you want to comment on it, go ahead and comment on the Facebook page, obviously. But take those comments and go to the link itself and make the comments down below in the comment section there. So the rest of the people in the world who don't use Facebook or if, uh, uh, or the people inside of the magazine who may want to look at stuff going, hey, you know, that's a good topic. Let's get some other things involved with it and reach out and actually make it more beneficial to us. Please do that. Make the comments at the, where the link came from, not just the Facebook page. Exactly. Exactly. Because on all the Facebook pages that I looked at, I had to ask to to join each one of those, which I was granted yeah. access to. Um, it gets tough, and then doesn't it? It was kind of it was kind of ironic that after I was granted access to those Facebook pages, the comments stopped, and even on one page, the one of the admins had um, stopped the comments, the the comment feed on that particular subject. <laughs> so, but yeah, as of today, there are. As of today, there are still zero comments on the um, Original. military spouse actual article. So if everyone want, says that we need to talk about it, let's talk about it right in the open where everyone else can see it, not in a private Facebook group where only certain people can discuss it. Well, I and, and not to not to steer anybody wrong, it, there's nothing wrong with doing it in a private Facebook page you know, getting that discussion going. But if, 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 if you're really serious about something, you want to make a comment on people, be aware that people listen to your, your, your comments. People are, are going to, to either dismiss you outright. They're going to sympathize with you. They're going to uh, push back against what you said, or they might just agree with you. Um, it's if you want it to be useful, if you want that 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 feedback to be useful, you need to make sure it gets so that the that the author or whoever or whatever the the, the link deals with the company uh, has an opportunity to deal with it. And you know, yeah, useful, 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 useful. Hey, let's uh, right. Do you, do you, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, what is it like being a, a, a Navy spouse? Um, I am actually enjoying it. Uh, I make the best uh, the best of the situation that we're in. Um, it's an adventure. We signed up for this. Uh, 
I would have never come to Florida if it was if it wasn't for the Navy. So now we can check Florida off of our list. Um, we've gone to Florida for vacation, but to live here, we've never done that. So thanks to the military, we're here in Florida. Um, we'll be finding out in a couple months or so where we're going to be headed to next. So we're really excited to see where that's going to take us. Um, cool. But I like, you know, seeing new things, meeting new people experiencing new cities, new ways, how people do things, new cultures. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really, it's really interesting. And I really like it. Uh, what are some of the places that you've been to so far? I mean, how long have you been in the, um, uh, been a, a Navy spouse? Uh, our first duty station was we, my wife went active duty in January of 2011 uh, we moved from Las Vegas, Nevada to Portsmouth, Virginia, where we, she was stationed for three and a half years. And then she got picked up for anesthesia school. So we went to Washington, D.C. for a year and a half. And now we're down in Jacksonville, Florida, where we're going to be until June of 2017. Nice. Uh, is she going to make a career out of it completely? Yes, she'll make a career out of it. Oh, good for her. Good for her. Yes. <laughs> So smart, so smart. Um, <clears throat> and you said you guys are going to go after after you get done. Uh, you're going to go to Jacksonville, or you're in Jacksonville. We are currently in Jacksonville. And you're going to be going. Where do you plan to go next? Do you know? Um, our decision, our choices were all West Coast. Uh, we picked uh, Bremerton, Washington, for our first pick. Camp Pendleton for our second pick, and San Diego for our third pick. So we'll wow. see. We'll the only thing happens, missing on the West Coast, yeah. The only thing you're missing on the West Coast was Alaska. Uh, there, where her specialty is not available in Alaska, so <laughs> can't go there. <laughs> <laughs> There's always uh, Hawaii too, because she could go over to Tripler, maybe an Air Force uh, hospital, but you know, there it is. Right, right. So we'll see, but we want to go back to the West Coast. So, but now, like since, I said, it's um, it's not up to us. It's the needs of the Navy. So we'll see. Right, and since she's an anesthesiologist, that means she's a nurse, uh, a nurse or anesthetist. she's a, a nurse she's a, anesthetist. So yeah, she's, she's she's currently she's currently finishing up her phase two of her. Um, CRNA school. So she has until uh, she will graduate May of next year with a DNP for CRNA. Right. Cool. Well, she's definitely got a, a good career when she gets out of the military. Yeah. Is that going to affect yes. what you do? I mean, because you're you're an EMT, emergency medical technician. So. Correct. So you you pretty much you're you are one of the few actual. Uh, intense uh, have to have certifications but can pretty much go anywhere jobs as an EMT. Yes. Is that pretty accurate? Yes. Uh, I have a Florida, I have a Florida license, a Virginia license, and a national license. Um, so whenever, wherever we go, I just have to look up what their reciprocity rules are for, um, for EMT license. And usually licensing isn't, isn't too bad. Um, it's getting better, but it's not perfect, but it's getting better. 
Well, they've got this this new thing that got passed in Congress where uh, they're trying to help out the military families and that all licensing across all 50 states is going to be easy for military spouses. Have you heard anything on that, at least in the EMT field? Um, When I was coming to Florida... Uh, I have, like I said, a national license and a Virginia license. When I was applying to come to Florida, Florida would not take my national license, but they would honor my Virginia license. And uh, they did waive the application fee for me. And all I had to do was go take my national registry test again. Uh, That'll be the fourth time that I've taken that test. Um, And then I passed it. And I was given a Florida license. Right. Okay. So I just, I'm, my ultimate goal is I really hope that they would take the national license across the board. And if you have a national license, you get a state license. Cool. Hey, I got somebody that's uh, at the door. Who's this? This is Jay. Hey, Jay, how you doing? You're, you're down in Guam now. I, yes, I am. It's so confusing with the time. I keep thinking it's midnight that this thing starts, not at uh, 11. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least it's not like with Spouse Spouts with Susan. I, I, you know, I'm supposed to be the co-host of that one. And um, <clears throat> she's been doing it at 9 p.m. Uh, Central Time, which is 3 yeah, a.m. for my time. It's like, yeah, it's in the morning for me. Yeah. So, so I call in. Um, she had Aaron and Liz on the last time, and um, her little one, Ian, got an earache or something like that, so she had to cut the yeah. show right yeah. towards the end. So I was on it. I was trying to jump in, but for some reason they couldn't hear me. Huh. Interesting. Well, we're hearing you fine now here. That's good. Well, yeah, fact- I, I think what had happened was that she muted me. So it's like, okay. <laughs> well, sometimes that's a good thing, right? Oh, well, I, what I think is that she looked at the numbers, like, I don't recognize this number, and no one's saying anything because she, uh, I just got, I called in like two seconds before it started. And she, I guess she was right. trying to talk to me, but I couldn't hear anything because when, when, as soon as you, you log in, all you hear is that. Blog, talk, radio, you know, you know what I mean? That part. So, I don't know. I didn't say anything at, at, in the time frame that she wanted, so I guess she just muted me, which is fine. Well, it, it, that happens. but And, and uh, I, I have to give Susan some great credit. She has gone, for all intents and purposes, solo the last two shows she's done with spouse because it's been in the time frame that I can't do. Um <clears throat> or I can't do easily. And she has actually jumped in there and run the studio uh, like a champ. So I'm rather impressed she's done that. She's branched up, out, whatever. I don't even have my computer set up yet. I barely got Wi-Fi. I barely got my phone. So it's like uh, everything's running on strings and bubble gum right now. <laughs> well, on the bright side, you made it onto the show. I got my right, co-host. Yeah. 
So anyway, uh, Jay, do you have any questions for Sean before we launch into more of the more of the, um, the what I wanted to ask and stuff? Yeah, what time is it over there? Um, Florida time is nine sixteen. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. I just called my my oldest son. And it's yeah. the same time you're, there. Um, yeah, so you're 11 o'clock p.m. the next day, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm about or ready no. to roll into the 23rd, That's right. Okay, yeah. yeah, 11 p.m. on the 22nd. Okay. He's getting close to becoming tomorrow. Where we still have to wait. Right. Yeah. I got uh, 45 minutes. He's calling from <laughs> the future. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That's what that international dateline's for, so that you can have you can have your birthday two times in a two. Yeah, you celebrate your birthday yeah. here. Fly to Hawaii, celebrate it again. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, um, Sean, let's get back uh, to to uh, you and why we want we're we're interviewing you because you are the man of the hour. Okay. And we, yeah, we've keep going. Passed away. <laughs> What's that? I said, ask away. Ask away. Oh, I thought, second there, I thought you said somebody passed away, and I'm going, who? Who died? Oh, no. <laughs> Have you ever been on any calls like that where somebody passes while you're treating them? So um, I worked the 911 system in Las Vegas for about six months before we left and went to Norfolk. And then um, I was on an ambulance doing um, some like inner facility transports. And then I went into the trauma center and the emergency room and yeah, it's happened where you like, they come in coding and you work on them for X amount, how long until, until there's pretty much nothing else that you can do. Um, It's, the first time was a little weird, but now I'm gotten a little bit more comfortable with it, and it's it's just a <laughs> it's life. I mean, I know it sounds kind of weird, but it's just kind of the way it goes. Um, and where I'm at, uh, Jacksonville, the trauma center, we covered like North Georgia, uh, or sorry, Southern Georgia, North Florida, um, almost to Gainesville. Um, I think halfway to Tallahassee. So we have a huge area. It's a five five bay trauma center and we we get everything. We get gunshots, stabs, car accidents, um boating accidents, jet skis, falls, everything. We get it, we get it all. What's the goriest thing you've had you've seen? Um we did get somebody who was shot and they brought him in and uh, they ended up opening up his chest right in the trauma center to do cardiac massage, um, which pretty much means they cut you open at the sternum and reach in and they start squeezing your heart by the, by hand to pump your heart. Um, That's that, that was pretty, that was pretty good. Pretty epic. Um, For me, it's, I it's I kind it's kind of morbid, but like the more blood and guts that I see, the more comfortable I am in, and the more calm I'm in. I'm kind of in my element, so uh, I like that stuff. 
Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> for a second there, I thought I was going to be able to do a good segue into to um, PTSD, and that 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 you know a lot of people aren't recognizing and remembering that post traumatic stress disorder is not just combat related. I mean, EMTs, you guys get it too. I mean, you see things you just cannot unsee. Um, I had that. I actually had that happen to me once. Um, it was when I was in Norfolk, and I don't know if y'all remember, I think it was about two years ago when that Sea Dragon was doing drills out in the Chesapeake, and it crashed in January. Um, we ended up getting those patients, and I can still see their faces. Um, we did everything that we could at the time. Um, after everything had calmed down, I literally had to go take like 15 minutes and go outside and decompress. And um, my like true test was how I was going to sleep that night. Uh, I ended up sleeping actually pretty good. And the one thing that actually kind of gave me closure was they did a story I think it was like a couple days later and I was actually able to see the faces of the people that I had helped because I didn't want that, that lasting image, the image that I saw of them coming into the trauma center. I did not want that to be my lasting image of them. I needed another image right. of them, how they lived their life. And once I saw that, I was fine. And, um, and then I could like close that chapter, but that's only happened to me once. Hmm. Well, we can get a little more into that, into the, the how you work that, because it sounds like you may have actually found a key to helping some people with PTSD as a way to try and get past it. Uh, Susan's on the line. Hey, Susan, what's up? Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Susan. You're having your show. I love your show. <laughs> I was and on your show anybody? the other day. What's that? I was on your show the other day. I was the other caller that I wouldn't, I, I couldn't speak though. Oh, okay. And I had to go early because my little boy right. ended up needing to go to the ER at what, 11 o'clock at night? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that it was happens. Fun. It happens. <laughs> it happens. Sorry? Yeah, it was very, um, yeah. So, Sean, you are an EMT, yes? Yes, ma'am. And you wrote, though, you wrote that really great piece for Military Spouse Magazine. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you don't have to call me ma'am. I'm Susan, dude. Um, okay. <laughs> that was a really great article. Make sure you amazing. call her the dinner. Yeah. That was a really great article. I really enjoyed it. So thank you for writing okay, that. Which, I thought it was – Are you? Ta- I'm talking about the one – one talking I'm, about? I'm talking about the January one where you or, went to the luncheon or the – Oh, so June's article. Yes, with uh, oh, okay. yeah, the, the really recent one that you wrote. I thought that was so fantastic. Well, he wrote Thank one that, that came out yes day before yesterday. Okay, now I'm not. I, I have to read that one. I, my, you know what? I've been home with a sick kid. You guys, you know how it is. Yeah. Hey, that <laughs> happens. Hey, we got somebody else who wants to join into the conversation. Who have we got? Can do. Dan Hogan here. Sorry about that, guys. I'm at work. So oh, it's Dan. Oh, I love yep. Dan. <laughs> Thanks. 
<laughs> hey, Dad, what's going on over there? Uh, right now, I'm building some fixtures for NASA and all aerospace. Yeah, they're orbital fixtures. It's like, it's Sounds a, like it's big. I'll, I'll post a picture later, but uh, I just want to say hi to you guys real quick, and I'm going to put my mic on mute. I've got to get back to work, but I'm just going to listen it. in today. All right, dude, just just let me know in the chat or something that you want to talk to you. Which I'm, oh, no, you just go ahead and go on mute. That'll work. Yeah, I'll do that. Thanks, guys. Okay, see you, buddy. Hey, Sean. Yes. Okay, we're, are you living in the Hampton Roads area now? No, we were there for three and a half years. I live in um, okay. Jacksonville, Florida now. Okay, so I have a very good friend, actually my best friend from college, because I went to Old Dominion University. Okay. So I'm really okay. familiar with the Hampton Roads area, but she works at the she works at Norfolk Centera. So I think that as an yeah. as a EMT, you guys are probably going to that hospital quite a bit, right? Yeah, and actually. Um, so I worked for, when we first moved there, I worked for Medical Transport, the ambulance company that mm-hmm. is around Hampton Roads. Yeah. And then uh, I got kind of bored with that a little bit. And so then I transferred into the ER and trauma center at Norfolk General. Okay. that's where, And that's the hospital she works at. She works at, uh, she works at Norfolk General. In so, the ER? Not anymore. Now she's over in... Uh, she's not in the ER. She first started out. This is a really cool story. Uh, she first started out there as uh, the secretary in the maintenance department, right? Okay. And um, she realized that she had been doing all the wrong work all of her life, and she was like, "I, this is very sad. I'm not doing the right thing." So because you work for the Sentara Systems, they'll pay for you to go back to school if it's in some kind of medical-related field. And she's now a registered nurse. Two years, two years later. She became a registered nurse, went to school full-time, worked full-time, and now she works over in Mother Baby. What's her name? Her name is Julie Smith. Okay. That doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> so, but, yeah, okay. so she loves, she's been working there for years. And, uh, yeah, so I was like, when you said, you know, Norfolk General, I was like, wait a minute, I know exactly where you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I worked there for um, – about a year, a year and a half before we moved up to D.C., and I absolutely loved it. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. That was when I was at Old Dominion back in the day when, um, before the convocation center, before the TED was actually built, and there used to be these really garbage bars there that were had seriously roaches falling from the ce- The water bugs would actually fall out of the ceiling tiles onto you. It was disgusting. Um Ooh. Yeah, it was really gross, dude. I mean, it was so disgusting. But yet we all went there, so maybe we're the stupid ones. But um, <laughs> but um, ODU and the Sentara Hospital System had a an agreement because, of course, ODU only has a little student health center. And if we right. had something happen in the middle of the night, we had to be seen somewhere. And so they had an agreement set up with the Sentara system for ER visits and things like that, and it would go back to the school. Like, the school would pay right. for it because, of course, we were paying a health care fee to the university. Right. So it was really nice. It was a really good setup because I lived in West Ghent, so I was in between both places, and it was a really oh, great yeah, you're setup. Oh, like right up the street. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It was a, a wonderful 
wonderful setup to know that because I had really bad allergies there and I didn't know I had allergies, so I was always going to the ER in the middle of the night with strep throat and like 103 mm. fever. It was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then Remember they put me on Claritin and I was better. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. When I went to Fort Campbell, when I got to Fort Campbell and I went and saw my, my primary care manager, the very first thing that came out of his mouth was he says, yeah, you got allergies? And I just looked at him and I said, no, not really. He says, now you do. And he <laughs> put me on Claritin right away before I ever had a chance to start sneezing. So, yeah, I'm still on <laughs> And it's and it's just very. I'm, I'm actually I'm not 100 percent certain it's it's strong enough for what I'm for what's going on in the air here in Germany right now. Everything's blooming. Uh, the, the the green mold is blooming. Everything's blooming. The mushrooms. Uh, everything. Oh, I know. I remember that when I lived in Germany, it wasn't enough. I was unclared in there, and I had to switch up to Zyrtec and an allergy nasal spray. I was dying. <laughs> I might I was just dying. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, it's crazy. When I go up to D.C. and visit, this is really crazy. People are like, oh, my allergies are so terrible here. I'm like, really? For some reason, I'm, it's not as bad for me. <laughs> I'm like, that's really weird. I must be one of those odd enigma people that I get up there and my sinuses clear up. I'm like, well, this is nice. Thanks. Yeah. You know, I'm, I wonder about something, and, and Sean, you might be able to answer this because you have the medical, you have a lot of medical uh, uh, experience. Well, not, not, maybe call it experience, but you definitely have a lot of exposure to medical uh, journals. Uh, you see a lot, you hear a lot from, from various discussions going on. Is it I, I, and where I'm going with this is is the allergies. It, and you're into CrossFit, so you are a healthy, healthy man. And I'm mm-hmm. and I've seen your your wife also likes to do the marathons with you and stuff. So she too must be very, very healthy. Do you guys experience a lot of allergies? Is there a, a correlation between being the the zero body fat? fit and allergies? I I think deep down, I think there is a correlation. Um, I used to have hay fever really bad when I was growing up in Utah. um, And I would actually, I was actually taking shots to combat that. And then I lived in Vegas for 11 years and really had no effect on it. Uh, it didn't affect me at all. And then moving to the East Coast, um, Portsmouth, especially like in the in the springtime, the wind blows and you can just see the pollen, you know, flowing right. through the air. Yeah, um, I was that didn't affect me at all. Um, every once in a while, you know, you get like you know itchy, runny nose or whatever, and you know just take a Claritin. But um, I think I think it all comes down to what like how your diet is and what you're eating. I mean, you have to look at it like a car. If you're put, if you're eating crap, you're just going to get crap out. If you're eating garbage and everything, you're going to feel like garbage. If you're eating, you know, decent foods and minimally processed, um, you're, you're going to feel better. And I, I think that um, like a lot of issues today, um, you know, everybody is on, this ungodly amount of medication um, 
and I think I just think that's un- unnecessary. I think uh, I think if you clean up your diet and see what really see what you're putting into your body and um, leading a healthy lifestyle, uh, I think a lot of that will correct itself. Type two diabetes is easily corrected by watching what you eat diet. and exercise. I mean, and they even tell you that. Um, hey, let's pick but, this up. Let's pick this up on the other side of the break. I need to take a quick 30 second break and let's get back into this because I got some uh, you're you're leading into some interesting uh, directions we can go with this and let's explore them. So I'll be back in 30 seconds. When I'm on base, I'm known as Staff Sergeant Cooper, but at home, Daddy! Hi, Dad. Daddy! Hi. I'm known as Dad, and I wouldn't have it any other way. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote, or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. All right, we're back with Male Military Spouse Radio Show number 74, a candid interview with fellow mill spouse Sean O'Driscoll, uh, who's just recently got his second article published in uh, Military Spouse Magazine. Uh, we've also got uh, fellow, we got uh, my co-host Jay Howe is online. Uh, my co-host, well, actually the host of Spouse to Spouse, of which a show I co-host, uh, Susan Reynolds, she's also online. And then uh, we've got the lines open for anybody who wants to call in, 516-453-9167. The discussion we were just now having was dealing with, you know, health-related stuff. We're just observations. None of us are really experts. But uh, we're asking Sean because he's in the EMT field, and he's always at the hospitals, and he sees things. He's a very heavily uh, competitive guy, at least as far as, you know, with the – uh, assorted running sports and does CrossFit. He's really uh, somebody that you need to look up to, to for for an idea of healthiness, in my opinion. Um, Sean, you were talking about how how what you eat really really has a lot of, of uh, bearing on how you feel. Tell us a little bit more about that. I I mean, I, I honestly believe that's the way it is. And the more processed stuff that you eat, you just it's I I can tell personally if I go out of town or um even just eating something that is overly processed, I, I feel it within fifteen minutes and I feel and I feel horrible. So I I really think that um what your what your diet is consists of um, affects a lot of other things that that go on. So I'm really self conscious of what I eat and everything. And you know, I I'm probably the healthiest now than I was when I was in my twenties. Easily. Right. Okay. So Sean, <laughs> there is a cardiologist, Dr. William Davis, and he wrote this book called The Wheat Belly. Okay. And um, and he's saying a lot of the things that you're saying, too. I mean, I think that, um, you know, a lot of people knock a lot of the different dieting trends out there. I mean, I hear a lot of people knock paleo and clean eating and things of that nature. 
And then I hear the question, why is healthy food so expensive? And I, and I always say, well, why don't we flip it around? Why don't we ask the question, why is unhealthy food so cheap? You know, if and, we mean, want and, healthy food to become less expensive, then we need to actively, as consumers, buy it. Because once we start putting our money into what we value, we will see change. I mean, that's just if we're a market-driven society, then we will see change, right? But when we right. make it so affordable to buy food out of a box and it's only 95 cents to get food out of a box as opposed to, you know, $5 to make it from scratch, well, you know, what do you think people are going to do, especially people who are on a tight income, right? They're going to buy the food out of a box. Right. You also so, have to look at it as, I mean, because I was one of those, well, both my wife and I were those type of people that was like health food is, you know, it's so expensive. And I'll tell you right now, we don't buy organic. I don't buy anything organic unless it's like the only thing that's there yeah. and I need it for something. That's the only time. I do not specifically buy anything organic, you know. So you have to look at it as, if, is it really expensive or is it not? I don't think it is. I don't because, think so either. Because you're going to have to look at it as, okay, you're spending all this money eating out fast food. Um, yeah. Stopping at all these little places to get, you know, the $1 or $2 value meals or, or dollar menu, stuff like that. Then you go to the grocery store and you go up and down the aisles and you buy all this processed stuff in bulk or whatever. So you have that. And then you add on, you need to add on, how many times have you been to the doctor because you're having such and such problems or you're having this and this problem or whatever? So you're going to have to factor in your time. You're going to have to factor in your co-pays. You're going to have to factor in, um, you know, how much your prescriptions are, as little as they may be. $4 adds up after a while. Yeah. So you have to factor in all that stuff. How, how many times have I been to the doctor? I can't even remember the last time I went because I don't go. And the one thing working in an ER, you never really see a healthy person checking into the ER unless they are like, and you can, you can tell when they walk in, if they are legitimately sick and they need to be there, you can, you can tell mostly it's mostly it's, I've got this going on. I've got this going on. Okay. What medication are you on? Well, I'm on this medication, this one, this one, this one, you know, and society these days, they want a pill or a 30-day fix, and that's what they want. It's, that's not going to happen. I'll tell you that right no. now. It's not no, going to happen. Not. It's a lifestyle. And as, until you embrace the lifestyle, then it's not going to work. You can't do a diet for 30 days. Anybody can do a diet for 30 days and drop 30 pounds. Guess what? On that 31st day, you're going to go back to the way you were, and within 10 days, you're going to have all that weight put back on. It doesn't work like that. Your body does not work like that. It's a lifestyle. I have a routine every day. I work out at 6 a.m. I come home. I eat breakfast. I plan my all my meals for the day. Sometimes I'll go back and I'll do Olympic lifting at 10. Sometimes I go back at night and do it. So I work out once to twice a day. Um, and this is coming from a person that my wife was literally dragging me to the gym, dragging me to the gym. And now if I don't go work out every day, I totally feel like the day is wasted. 
And hmm. if I don't go first thing in the morning, I'm really not going to go in the afternoon because I'm a morning person. I like to get it done and do it first thing in the morning. And one of the, one of the things our coaches said right when we first moved to Florida, he said, um, I get you for one hour of the day. I get you for 6% of your day. You have the remaining part of the day to screw up the, the remaining 94%. But for me, you, I get you for 6% of the day. You need to make that your best 6% of the day. What you do afterwards is fine. So, I mean, it's true. I go in and I bust my butt for an hour and I feel great. And then the rest of my day goes perfect. And um, I enjoy it. I, I, I really do. And sometimes when both either my wife or myself are like kind of in that funky mood or whatever, we go to the gym and just sweat it out for an hour. And then we call it mental Ipecac. And it just clears our minds and, and we're good. So I'll, I'll step off of that soapbox now. No, it's true though. It's totally true. I, before I had my um, I, my son gave me hernias right when I was pregnant. Okay. And um, and the the military doctors here just have not been able to fix them correctly, and it's just been it's been ridiculous, and it's been very life changing, unfortunately, and it makes me very unhappy that it's not been a positive change because they're not fixed the right way. You know what means more surgery, right? Right. But when I was seeing a personal trainer and I was eating better and I was working out five days a week. Oh my God. I was so focused. I felt so great. I was sleeping so wonderfully. I was in a great mood all the time. I didn't want to mm-hmm. rip people's faces off. Um, right. You know, like if I got grumpy, I would go swim because I love to swim. Um, or I would go and lift weights. And I mean, you know, it was great. I absolutely loved it. I, and I miss it. I really do. And I'm sad that the last surgery just, six months ago has not been fantastic either because the one thing I absolutely miss is working out. I love Mm -hmm. it. It's, and it really just makes you feel good. And for people like um, myself, I have ADHD, right? And so one of the big things I've noticed is that when I work out, it gets all the brain chemicals a pumping too. And I've Mm -hmm. got this phenomenal focus afterwards. And the focus can sometimes last for days. It's great. Right. Right. It's like, Lifting weights, going swimming, going on a walk, um, right? You know, getting on the elliptical, whatever it is. You know, um, right. it just pumps. It's like a natural. You know, it's like my. I'm forcing my body to find its own Ritalin as opposed to taking medication. Right. So I get it. I know what you're saying, and you're making me want to get better. Like yell at another doctor and be like, "Fix this, so I can get back in shape again." You know. So thanks well, for that. One thing to one thing to look at, and it's a it, it, it's a it's a thought process, and it's an epiphany I had uh, a while back, but I have yet to turn the corner and get healthy because of it. But you know how good processed food tastes? It's wonderful. It's yummy. And guess what? How good I've processed food tastes? I've done that for think? fifty years. I've done that for fifty years. Now you I, give me I anything processed, I can taste the exorbitant amount of sodium that and sugar that is in that stuff. It is right. That's what I mean. I mean, I mean oh once, my god, once I, it's horrible. 
<laughs> Once you get healthy, you, you, you start tasting the enhancers they use to bring that out that only taste good to the unhealthy people. But the unhealthy mm-hmm. people are the ones that are happily forking out all of this money to, to get more of the, the – because the, the whole idea for the processed food is to focus on a flavor, not health. Correct. And so you do what you need to, to you know, you know as, a, as a company, as a business, you do what you need to get to that end result. And as a healthy person – I've, I've been healthy once in my life, uh, and that was when I was in the Navy, and that didn't last long because, well, there was beer, and I oh, love my beer. beer. I do, which reminds me, I don't have a beer in front of me. I need to rectify oh, like, that. I, I like beer and mixed drinks and, and whatnot, but I'll have one, and then I'm good. Right, right. And... um. You know, like you, like you mentioned, I do CrossFit and I do Olympic weightlifting. And there's a lot of people out there that not CrossFit, which is fine. You know, everyone has their own opinion. But it's what I have found that works for me. I've done, I've done the Globo Gym membership. I've done the personal trainer. I've done trying to do stuff on my own. Um, and I needed somebody to basically, like, get in my face and yell at me. And um, I've kind of – and I've found that. Through, uh, but you had, but you had and, to ask for it. Oh yeah, they because I'm searching me out. I had to go find it. I know. And, I, I've done CrossFit. I've done CrossFit, and I loved CrossFit. Uh, but what I couldn't do is I could not do the workout of the day. I could not complete it. Everything, one. everything in CrossFit is 100% scalable. My mom, who it's is exactly. 60, 62. 62, 63, does it whenever she can. Yeah. We have people in our CrossFit box who one guy, the, the owner's uh, dad, had bilateral knee replacements less than a year ago, and he, he still does it. He can do pull-ups better than I can some days. I mean, it's just it, it's 100% scalable, and anyone can do it. And um, whether it, you've had surgery or whatever – if you had surgery on your leg, guess what? Your arm still works. You can do bench presses. You can do something else. If you're if you had rotator cuff surgery, guess what? There's some cardio. You can do cardio. You can do squats. You can do whatever. I mean, just because one part of your body is injured or you had surgery or something doesn't mean the other part of your body can't work. Right. I've noticed that everything can be modified. I, it seems like everything yeah. can be modified to work around an injury. So, like, for me, I used to have a kneecap that enjoyed just dislocating on its own. It was lots of fun, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I finally had to have surgery, and part of the meniscus in my knee was removed because every time my kneecap dislocated, it started to mess up the meniscus, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I'm, my surgeon was like, hey, so if you start running, um, you're going to need to have knee replacement before you're 40. And I was like, shut up, dude, that sounds painful. So I don't run because, well, you know, I don't really want a knee replacement at this point in my life because it just seems like I'd have to get them done again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but my trainer worked because he did CrossFit as well on his own. But mm-hmm. he worked, to, when we worked together, he knew how to modify every exercise. So 
I can't go running, I can't do lunges, and I can't do box jumps, but I can step up onto a box, right? You can and do I step can, ups, you can do, you yeah. can do the aerosol bike. You know, exactly. I, mean, I did the rowing machine and the bikes, and I could still do all the squats, but, you know, lunges just really killed the knees. It just was too painful. It just hurt mm-hmm. the knee to a point where I was like, I can't do that one. So we would modify it where what I would do is go up and use a wall and actually do them more like back lunges as opposed to forward, right? Right. And it was amazing. I felt so great. Even mountain climbers, we learned to modify those so that I could Mm -hmm. still do them but not put all that pressure, you know, into a place that was already a little more weak. Right. And it was fantastic. It was wonderful. Gosh, I really miss working out. Oh my God, Sean, look at what you're doing to me today. Thank you. <laughs> where are you at? Are you in? Are you in? We're in Fort Bragg. Uh, we're in Fort Bragg. Where my is husband's Bragg? Uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, my friend. Oh, okay. I got. We do Fayetteville. All right. Yeah. I, I got Lindsay in the chat room right now. Lindsay Bradford is another 2016 uh, military hey, spouse. Hey, she's down to Jacksonville. Uh, Yes, yeah, she's in Jacksonville. She's going to be one of your neighbors of sorts, uh, Sean. Yeah, you guys are best and friends, Sean. She put in. <laughs> she she put into the chat room. She said, "My issue with CrossFit is finding a good trainer because some of them aren't certified, and I have watched people get hurt. That was a big issue in Rhode Island, and they were closing gyms left and right." I've seen that here uh, too. Yeah. Where is so? Where is where is the chat at for this? There should be. Now, did you go in through the the link to open up the uh, Blog yeah. Talk Radio site? Okay, uh-huh. chat should be down at the very bottom, I think. Uh, Jay, you might be able to answer that. Where's Jay? It's there, just that I can't see it because I'm on my phone because I don't have anything set. You know what I mean? So Jay. my brain needs, can't use it. So I know it's yeah, there. He's, it's just telling me that I can't see it. He's like Lindsay. Okay. Lindsay just moved to the Jacksonville area, just got her computer out. She's just now, you know, being able to get in here. She got in the chat room. And Jason just got into Guam, so finding a high-speed Internet's like, fun. Um, I'm so glad you guys made it. <laughs> Jay's in Guam now? You're in Guam now, Jay? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Guam. So that number that I called from, it's a 671 number that uh. I put in. Yeah, I didn't yeah, recognize it. it. Yeah, I didn't recognize it. Okay. Um, hey, anyway. my friend, my friend Renee Oaks lives out in Guam. Go say hi to her. She's Air Force. She's awesome. She is an occupational therapist. She's amazing. You guys are going to be best friends. There you go. <laughs> We're just making love connections and new friend connections all over the world, aren't we? Yeah, you better, you better stop. There, Susan. Next thing you know, we're gonna we're gonna call you. She has two kids. Her husband's name is Jason. He's Air Force. He's uh, they're over on Anderson. I'm thinking because that's the Air Force base there, right? Yep. Anderson. Okay. Yeah, she's really smart. She's super funny. She's super funny. Now you got a new friend. What was her name? (laughs) Renee. What? Renee Oaks, like oak tree, but it's like multiple. Like, look, there are the oaks out in the field. That did, made absolutely no sense. Not at all. And Sean, now you're friends with Lindsay. This um, is great. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, with with that being said, 
Um, unfortunately, I was we were part of a CrossFit place in D.C. that um, you could really tell with the trainers that it wasn't up to the standards that I wa- I was looking for. Um, so I could understand why somebody actually getting hurt because if you're not trained and you don't know what you're doing, then yeah, people are going to get hurt and it's going to, and it's going to be miserable for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. But where we're, where we're at now, um, it's a great, it's a great box one. Uh, the owner's son is actually very competitive. Um, he's gone to a couple national competitions. He's going to be going to the Granite Games, and I think it's Minnesota. Um, he qualified for that. Um, he's a sponsored athlete, so um, he he knows he knows what he's doing. Um, everyone knows what they're doing, um, and it's great. So. Um, I don't know. I can't see the chat or anything, but if, if Lindsay is more more than welcome, she's more than welcome to come out and kind of give our place a shot. Hey, and I'll, I'll go with her. And this go from this there. may be Lindsay at the door now. Let's take a look. Sean, I have Hello, a question for you. You're on yes. Male Military Smith Radio Show. Howdy. Who's this? This Lindsay? Lindsay. Yeah. Hi, Lindsay. New friends. We've been talking bad about you. Hey, Sean, I have a question for you that will lead into you um, and what you just said. You said that you had a a not, I wouldn't say a bad experience, but you saw a standard that you didn't appreciate with a a box in D.C. What do you look for? Um, What do you want to see to make you want to get membership, to continue working out there? You know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. We look for, both my wife and I look for um, that family type of atmosphere. Um, when, we, when we first came here, um, everyone came and introduced themselves to us, asked us where we're, you know, where we're from, what we like to do, such and such and whatever. And it was just a real good family, positive type of atmosphere that we looked for. Um, and there's been other places where we've gone where we've shown up to to do a drop in and like nobody says hi to you or whatever. We're just like, okay, you know, we we got to work out in, but I don't think we'll be coming back type thing. Um, so, um, and you know, I kind of have my little click at um at our box. I'm part of the 6 a.m. crew, which is notorious for being the, um, excuse my language, but the shit-talking crew. That's all we do <laughs> at 6 a.m. Um, and it's great. Even the 5 a.m. class, they're done at 6. The 5 a.m. class sticks around just to see what type of shenanigans is going to happen at 6 a.m. So um, that we, you know, I kind of have that. Like my wife goes in the afternoon, so she has her group of girls and, you know, they they talk, do whatever, and stuff like that, and it's just a real good, you know, positive positive experience, and it makes you want to be there as opposed to dragging yourself to a place where you kind of feel like you're unappreciated and oh, there, you know, here's your here's my monthly membership, you know, type thing. So, hey Lindsay, well, do you do CrossFit now? We'll see. So I was, I tried it in Rhode Island, like I said, and it was not friendly and it was just, I, I like, I've been 
working out in a gym, like I was a gymnast all that my whole life, and it was actually almost intimidating by how rude everybody was. So I was like, okay. And there's places and that are like that. that they look at you differently yeah. if you can't do the RX for the wives. I'll tell you right now, I do not do the RX for every single wad. I like to get one to two RXs for the week. And totally. I mean, there's some stuff that I can't do. I'm totally fine with that. Am I going to work on it? Yes, I am. But anyway, so sorry to cut you off. Yeah, but go and ahead. it's good that you have that atmosphere. That changes everything. And that was the difference. Yeah. So I ended up going to like a rowing and a boot camp specialized gym, and that was it just because of the attitude. The, the atmosphere would change everything about that. Right. Where are you living in Jacksonville? Uh, the Winfield Lakes area neighborhood of uh, Kernan and um, Atlantic. Or beach, I guess, on either side. Oh, you're you're way over there. Okay. Um. Yeah, you're way over there. I'm all the way in uh, Orange Park. Oh, are you at NAS? Uh, yeah, my wife's at Naval Hospital Jacksonville. Okay. Yeah, we're at Mayport. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> and I was at, um, and I was at Kings Bay. <laughs> when I was uh, in. Oh. Um, you were in Kings Bay? Did you know that Alicia Yelk, who was the 2013 Navy Spouse of the Year, was also at Kings Bay with her husband? Uh, it had to have been 30 years ago for me to have known. Oh, well, no, she was, you know, he just moved from there a oh. couple years back. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I left in 83. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, I left in 92. So, you know, yeah, it's been a, there's been a minute or two past. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I was gonna say if if you're not doing anything at 9 a.m. tomorrow, Lindsay, you're more than welcome to uh, drop in at mine. I'll be there. Just look for the big day. Thank you. <laughs> so hey, um, I got a minute and a half here of commercials I need to do real quick. Uh, we'll oh. bring that back and then uh, we'll, we'll do those real quick and then. Come back and uh, chat with Sean a little bit more about his uh, upcoming uh, writing career because it looks like it's going well. Back in a few seconds. Is your current financial state keeping you up at night? Unsure how you could possibly save for retirement with such a tight budget? Well, one of today's sponsors is the Military Guide for Financial Independence and Retirement, written by Doug Nordman and is available through your local library or for purchase on Amazon. This book shows service members, veterans, and their families how to reach financial independence and retire on their terms and, in my opinion, should be required reading for all man spouses. There are no tricks or gimmicks, just thoughtful spending in a higher savings rate. Most military families can do this within 10 to 20 years, and a few have done it even faster. All of Doug's royalties are donated to military charities, so you know he's financially independent without your money. So, get your copy today from the library, or buy one at Amazon. The Military Guide to Financial Independence and Retirement, written by Doug Nordman. As Captain Barrett's wife, I'm known for my volunteer work, but at home... Hey, you ate all the cookies. Wasn't me. I'm known for my amazing chocolate chip cookies, and that's fine with me. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance, to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote, or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. 
All right, we're back with Male Military Spouse Radio Show, Episode 74, a candid interview with fellow male spouse, Sean O'Driscoll. And Sean's over in the Jacksonville area. He's an EMT. He's uh, a Navy spouse. Uh, his wife is at uh, NAS Jacksonville, or Labs, well, I'm sorry, at the um, uh, Naval Hospital Jacksonville. And he's also a published author at, or blogger, I should say, for Military Spouse Magazine. Sean, how are you doing, sir? What are your what are your future uh, articles going to be about for um, Military Spouse Magazine? Um, actually, I got submitted for um, some more ideas. Let's see if I can find them real quick. Oh, uh, deployment, homecoming, marriage, or um, Male spouse stereotypes. So I think I'll pick from one of those ones. Not like anything I see in any of the uh, comments comes up that I need to address again. <laughs> hey, that's not actually a bad way to go is going off of the comments. I mean, it, it, it did make for an outstanding second uh, article that you put in. But uh, with the thoughts of uh, with the deployments and all, how many deployments have you gone through with your wife? Uh, my wife has never deployed. Um, she was set to deploy, but she would have gotten back too close to when she would have to report for uh, anesthesia school. So the only thing we've really done was her five weeks of officer training um, and then some TAD, uh, some TAD deployments, I guess you could say, for uh, three weeks out of L.A. trauma, two weeks in um, San Antonio, and she's currently in Louisville, Kentucky, doing her peas rotation. So, um, right, that's that's pretty much about it for right now. Right. You guys have uh, a really great pediatric department at the Naval Hospital there. Uh, or from what I've been, what I'm being told, because um, I do a lot of EFMP advocacy. So in the Navy, Jacksonville is one of the the bases because they have Wolfson. Pediatric hospital there, the Wilson Children's Hospital, has um, right. works very closely with the Navy Hospital, and so that means you have a large number of children who are uh, EFM. Yes, um, I don't. I hardly ever go to the Naval Hospital. Um, yeah. we don't have kids, so. Yeah. I really don't know, but yes, I do know that they have a partnership with Wolfson's and even uh, U of of Health. uh, Yes. Sorry. University of Florida, they have their people go over to Naval Hospital Jacksonville as well. That's good. That's really nice. Yeah. You need to have that. Some kids are very, have medical complexities and you just need all, like, you know, like, excuse the Navy, the Navy term here, the all hands on deck, you know, approach, because, you know, some kids have medical, you know, are very complex medically and they've got a lot of issues going on and a lot of right. healthcare issues. And you need everybody, you need a large team of people helping out, pitching in. Right. Yeah. And at Shans where I'm at, uh, we get peds traumas and we also have a peds ER, but then um, sometimes we'll admit them to the hospital. Other times if they're critical enough, we do transfer them to Wolfson's. Yeah. We have but a peds ER here, which is where I was. Yeah. We, we have a peds ER here and it's, 
I've never seen anything like that, like a separate pediatric ER. The most amazing thing ever. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful. I don't know who created that. I don't know who decided that was a great idea. I I would like to thank that person because it makes life a lot easier for those of us with screaming children in the middle of the night. Right. It is a great great idea. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would really like to buy that person a cup of coffee or a beer. (laughs) So. <laughs> a beer, yeah, or or scotch, or as what was it? You went, you did some uh, uh, bourbon tasting not too long ago in Louisville. Yeah, I went. Yeah, I went up and halfway through my wife's rotation, I went up to Louisville and spent the weekend. And we toured uh, Maker's Mark, Bullet Bourbon, and then I went and did Evan Williams and Jim Beam. Ooh, so I was. It was interesting. I'd never been to a distillery before, so it was really interesting how everything works. And I, I had no idea that there was so many laws and regulations when it comes to making bourbon, so that was interesting. Only yeah. in the U.S.? Yep. Well, you know. Um, I'll tell you what, the way they make scotch, watch them uh, when, when, they, were, when they, were, um, they were showing off, oh, what was it there in Dublin? Um Somebody help me. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big fan of of uh, um, Irish whiskey, but um, there in Dublin, you've got you've got of course Guinness as the beer, which black mm-hmm. gold. That stuff is amazing. And then um, oh, I can't even think of the name of the place. Can't think of the name of the distillery. They were showing how it was made. I even. I even got a dang certificate from them that I'm an expert uh, Irish whiskey drinker. Um, <laughs> they were saying with one barrel, single barrel is 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 like uh, Jack Daniels. Only well, they use I'm not sure what kind of, of whiskey they use from America, but it was nasty. Then they brought <laughs> in. They, then they used for scotch. They used they used. Um, uh, Johnny Walker as a scotch. Oh. And I wanted to tell him, you know, whoa, 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 Johnny Walker is a blend, and no, do not use Johnny Walker because that stuff is nasty. That stuff is made in 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 rotten barrels, um, oh, rusted yuck. barrels, and they you call that scotch. And so naturally, yeah. it was not good. And then you drank their whiskey, which was triple. Um, Triple done, a triple triple distilled, and it was it was much much better. But no, it didn't even come close to the the cheap scotch I drink, which is uh, um, uh, the cheap stuff. <laughs> Glenlivet Twelve. Yeah. Dave, you need to come back and do the bourbon tour with um, Jordan when he moves down here from Newport. He's stopping in Kentucky and doing that whole tour. Ooh. Oh yeah, the Bourbon Trail. And Jordan, Jordan, your husband is coming back to to where? Where's he at now? Where well, can we're you here for two weeks. Yeah, we're here for oh. two weeks, and then he goes back up to Newport where we left for three and a half months. So. <laughs> you get yeah. to stay in Jacksonville. Yeah. You know. Well, look on the look, look on the bright side, Fernandina Beach. 
which is that that section of beach right there on the border between Georgia and Florida. It's where the beach starts up there at, at the, the, the fort and then it, and it yeah. goes down into Jacksonville. It's white sand. It's beautiful. You will run into all kinds of famous people. The, the, the people who, who started Amway live out there. And oh, as when, you walk on, when you walk on the sand, you'll see little black specks in the sand. Bend over and pick one up. It's a prehistoric shark's tooth. You can collect those all day long. And they okay, I'm coming to live with Lindsay. Okay, I got that's too. It's too hot here. It's like miserably hot. It's like what? Supposed to be like what? 95 and 95% humidity or something today? Yeah. 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 Fayetteville's the same way. Fayetteville's, our humidity's maybe 10% less, but it's about 95 with 80 something percent humidity. Yeah, there's I a whole new level of, of stink out here. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Sean, can I ask? I might have missed this, but. How did you get involved with Military Spouse Magazine and writing and all of that? How did that come up? So I I called in, um, I don't know, what was it, May? When MJ to a radio was show. on. Yeah, I was, I had to, you know, go run errands in Jacksonville, which takes you, you know, 45 minutes. And so uh, I called in and was talking about, and it was about spouse groups, I think. And, you know, kind of gave my experience, whatever. And then off to the side, like right after it, um, MJ messaged me and asked me if I would write an article on a past experience and how it made me feel and stuff like that. So I did. And that was June's article that um, got a lot of feedback, I guess you could say. And I think it kind of actually ruffled a lot of people's feathers, which... It did. Uh, it was awesome. It's fine with me. And, you know, you know, whatever. I'm just going to leave that right there. But, um, <laughs> and then. Oh, you can, you can be honest here. You can be honest here. <laughs> um, yeah, it ruffled people's feathers. And you know what? I really don't care. It's what I went through. And um, some people said that my story was false and outdated. Um, it wasn't false because I was physically, personally there. Um, yeah, and it wasn't outdated. It was the most recent event that I had gone to. What I mean, I was asked to write a story on my most recent experience. That was my most recent experience. I left out key elements as to what what it was, and somebody else pretty much outed their group. So that's that's how that happened. Um, oh, that was in then, the career military spouses group. Yep. Uh-huh. It, yeah. was, it was in one of the other ones, and even in even awesome. in this article, even in this most recent article, two of the quotes that are in there, um, flock to and praise that we um, were there, were actual comments that were made. So, you know, that's kind of the thing. So I was like, you know, I just I think we just everyone was like we need to talk about this in the open. So all right, let's talk about it in the open and not hide behind a private Facebook page where only certain people can see it. So yep. um about a week like later about, about a week later I got an email from Molly over at Military Spouse and 
she has said she received a ton of feedback and a lot of feedback were like, do not remove that article. You keep that article up. It's wonderful. And with that being said, we want to offer you a monthly, a monthly, you know, column for you to write uh, whatever, whatever you feel you need to talk about. And so um, that's never happened to me before. And I really didn't know how to approach that. So, um, of course, I accepted. And this was the article that just came out yesterday, um, the first impression article, was actually the third article that I had written. Um, The first two really kind of didn't go over that great. I ran them by my wife, and she kind of gave me the, uh, I don't think that one will work type of look. So, um, I, I let everything go for a while and then I was like, okay, I need to, I need to figure out something. So I went back through and reread all the comments, um, and came up with, uh, the first impression article. And I, I pretty much sat down and I started listening to like my hate music as my wife calls it, like shine down and everything. And, I wrote this one and um, I actually really like this one. Someone even said how ironic it is that my second article is on a first impression. (laughs) (laughs) I refer to that as angry boy music, by the way. Angry boy music? (laughs) My husband listens to it too. Like when he's like making, so my husband loves to make things like, especially when he gets home from a deployment, he is very um, industrious. So he will go around making things like he came home from his last deployment and made a train table for our son, right? Painted it like the Thomas colors. My kid has not stopped playing on that thing for two and a, for two years. Seriously. Nice. Right. It's amazing. And he could, if he really wanted to get crazy, he could actually start making these and selling them because those train tables are like 200 and something dollars. Right. And it cost him $50. And, um, and then he made a pergola in the backyard. And then he made something. He made a treehouse in the backyard. He made a hanging garden. He's, ma- I mean, so, but he always puts on his angry boy music. Like, and he's out there, like, with power tools, sweaty, smelly in the backyard, like, screaming out. And I'm like, it's awesome. <laughs> it's the funniest <laughs> stuff I've ever seen. But I'm like, well, you know what? Work out your aggressions. That's your thing. You like making yeah. things? I'm, we're, I'm getting a lot of benefits here from him making stuff. So, yeah, yeah. if it helps you write, I listen to um, I listen to um, I listen to hardcore West Coast rap when I write. <laughs> like oh. I bust out with old Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and N.W.A. and and it's like, yeah, I'm so the suburban mom. So that doesn't look like I should be listening to anything like that in writing, but. <laughs> You got to find your thing to help you write. So I understand. Yeah. Listening to that yeah. stuff would just be leave my blood just at the point of almost boiling. Because I don't like that kind of rap. I can't understand what they're saying because of my, my ears the way they are. Thank you, Navy. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I, it's a long story on that one. Um, but now, you would I can't laugh understand. Because you... You, seriously, oh, no, you would no, laugh I'm at not, me. Like, I'm think about laughing. me, like, driving I'm around in an SUV singing gin and juice, okay? Seriously? Really? Come on. 
I'm not laughing at you because you have the windows rolled up and I don't hear it. So anyway, <laughs> now if you had the windows rolled down and I was hearing it, I'd be looking at you going, damn, you hit a bag of flour. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so um, Susan, if you want some more uh, motivation, um, the CrossFit games are actually on right now. So, Ooh. You too, Lindsay. Plan on watching that all day today. <laughs> so you want to hear something interesting because you CrossFit. Like I, when we were at, when we were all at MSOI at the Military Spouse of the Year Awards back in May, I had, I was with my friend Patty Barron, who works with Association of the United States Army (AUSA), right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about being Air Force on Fort Bragg and what's that like. And she's like, how would you describe Fort Bragg? And I said, I would describe Fort Bragg as a guy. I said, with the special operations beard and lots of tattoos who CrossFits. Yeah. And she just yeah. laughed. And, she sa- and I said, no, seriously. I said, because that to me, when I see Fort Bragg in my head, that is the image of a person who comes to my mind because we have actually two CrossFit gyms on post. Uh-huh. And they've actually started to incorporate CrossFit into a lot of the PT as well here. Well, a lot and, of the SEALs do it. And even yeah. the director of the CrossFit Games, David Castro, is an ex-Navy SEAL. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's just interesting. And I said, you know, it's really interesting. And, 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 and she was like, seriously, that's what you think about? I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. I said, so if I had to describe Fort Bragg as a person, like if it wasn't an, an Army installation, this is, what, this is the image that comes to my mind. And yeah. I said, and oh, boy, I said, this person could seriously, like, do anything. They can do anything. <laughs> I said, because yeah. it's Fort Bragg, and that just is, you know, we – we overcome the most impossible odds here. That's what this place does. So I was like, you know, that's to me what, that's what I'm seeing in my head. So, yeah. So every time somebody says CrossFit now, I think immediately about Fort Bragg for some reason. It's just, (laughs) yeah. I don't know. It's just my thing. And plus we have so many CrossFit gyms in the area too. Right. Yeah. Finding out the one that fits for you. (laughs) Yeah. If you're, if you're into that. So, yeah. Yeah, we must have about ten or we must have about ten of them around here that I know of. Oh wow! One of the nice things yeah. about CrossFit that I really enjoyed compared to regular gyms was the fact that you didn't have to be dressed in the most modern jogging outfit or 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 gym accessories or clothes like that. I mean, you know, the people that walked yeah. in there, the clothes were were mismatched. They were comfortable. They mm-hmm. worked. They got. They sweated. It's. It, it got really intense when you had a, a large group in there doing stuff, and here you are trying to work with a medicine ball on the wall and tossing yeah. it up in the air. And there's all these people, and you're over in you're you're in the damn corner because that's where they painted the lines, and then you hear it smell all of the the sweat coming in, and it gets and it just hangs in that corner, and you're throwing this ball up in the air, going, I gotta get through this, I gotta get through this. They love that. You don't get right. that in the gym. Everything's nice and air conditioned, and and people flexing and trying to look broad and look good. It's like it's crazy. Well, it's, it's not nuts. it's not air conditioned at our box. Not, not no. by any means. I mean, we have we have a 
10 foot diameter fan and that just circulates around the hot humid air that's pretty much all that does so that all it does that's right that's <laughs> right Make, makes you get in there and it, and it puts up for a pretty good workout and yeah it's just now okay i want to i want to change the subject here you got Lindsay on the line yay yeah. got right. susan on the line yay hello got sean on the line yay and jay is still with us yay my favorite thing right now, and I love to talk about it, it's my radio show so I can do what I want with it. Um, <laughs> Pokemon Go. I like Pokemon Go. I'm actually getting out and I'm walking with my feet the way they are. You guys all know how I am with you know how crippled I am. I'm actually getting out and going to Pokey Stops and Pokey Gyms, walking around, meeting people, having some fun, providing a little bit of protection for the kids that come along and playing Pokemon Go. And I'm doing it without my cane. I think I'm on a road of improvement, physical improvement. Thoughts, ideas, talk to me. I told you last week, my friend who ended up walking around downtown in and, and one afternoon walking five or six miles trying to catch Pokemon, and she didn't even realize it until her Fitbit alerted her how much she had been walking around. Right. And she loves it. She says that she and her husband now go out walking every evening trying to catch Pokemon, and they get in at least two or three miles walking around. Yeah. And that there are people who are getting out for the very first time, you know, just getting out into the community. They're making friends. And, yes, you have to be careful, obviously. But at the same time, how cool is that? She walked five or six miles and didn't even know it. I know. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, you're you're not a fan, are you? Um, No, because the time that we were using it, and by we, I mean my husband, it was on our drive from Rhode Island to Newport, or Rhode Island to um, Jacksonville, so it was in the car, so it kind of defeated the purpose. He would just be sitting in the passenger seat doing Pokemon Go, or he'd be driving and turn it on, so then I'd have to take the the phone. Right. So you experienced it from a moving vehicle standpoint, so yes, and that's what I don't think is good. No. So your your dis your dislike is is somewhat a premature uh, a premature uh, uh, definable dislike. It's just an immediate. Uh, this is this was a first impression dislike. It's I like that people are moving around. It's like when we were in Mississippi in this hometown, there are kids out everywhere walking around. It is. It's getting people out. It's helping the local community because then they're buying drinks and food and things like that. I don't like that it can be used in a vehicle. I think that's terrible. We'd be driving down the road, someone slam on their brakes and slam to the right to go to pick up some Pokemon or whatever. I thought that's extremely dangerous. So I think the game could be good. There's needs to be some. Well, and we even we even were told in our huddle topics the other day that there is to be no playing of Pokemon Go in the emergency room or trauma center. (laughs) I mean, you you really need to say that. Like that makes sense. I just saw as we were talking about this that there was somebody at a press conference. He was in the middle of his press conference. And his phone went off, and they and the reporter said, "Are you playing Pokemon Go, sir?" And he goes, "Yes, but let me finish this first. 
I mean, no, right. and I'm trying to find the video right now so I can share it with you guys. Because I was, because Sean was talking, I didn't want to be rude and be like, you guys, there's, there's a guy there's playing other, Pokemon Go. There are other games I play on my phone. I play Star Trek Timelines, and I play AMC's Walking Dead, No Man's Land. I play both of those on my phone, and they make noise when certain things happen. And they're way more intrusive into, you know, whatever you're doing if you've got your sound on your phone. I think if, 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 if people are, are being embarrassed in, in public situations where they're not, you know, obviously shouldn't be playing Pokemon because they're, inter- they're talking to a, a whole, whole bunch of people or if they're, you know, whatever, <clears throat> I, I, that's... That's stupidity on a personal level. I don't think it's something that could be blamed on any specific game, or people would have been complaining about other games like Star Trek Timeline, AMC's Walking Dead, No Man's Land, long before Pokemon Go comes out. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's Florida, and like I said, it's 99 degrees now and 95% humidity. I am not walking around outside looking for Pokemon. Not, well, what about riding your bike? What about getting have you, a bike the and drivers in nice Florida are horrible. No, no. The dri- I won't even ride my bike in Florida. The drivers down here are just horrible. Not, not sorry, not happening. <laughs> okay, so Noah was a reporter trying to catch a Pokemon during um, a during a press conference with the press secretary from the State Department. Right. Yeah, okay. I think I saw something like That's that. That's freaking hilarious, okay? That is just funny. I'm going to go stick that in the chat room uh, for because I'm going to put the chat room available after the um, – oh, did it do it? And I mean, it's just funny. Kind of sort of did. I'll have to do a little bit of editing, but I'll get this put up into the Facebook page as well. I mean, over oh, <laughs> Facebook page. Duh! No, I will get put over onto the uh, onto the chat room here in a moment. You guys keep chatting. <laughs> you guys say uh, Pokemon Go. I say Pokemon No. Oh, I'm waiting for oh, the Mario Kart no. version to come out. No, just don't do that. Uh, one, when Pokemon Go first came out, it was such a huge. PII nightmare, it's ridiculous. I don't even know why anybody even started that. Uh, they had given so much information of their own self out and access to all that. That's crazy. Uh, Lindsay just dropped out, sadly. I probably phone um, issues. Not a problem. We can get her back, I suppose. <laughs> She was on her computer. Oh, go ahead, Jay. Keep going. Well, I'm just saying that the Pokemon Go, uh, when it first came out, and it's still now, they have so much – people have given it so much permission to see and view and do manipulate all their data that it's just ridiculous. I'm not even sure why anybody would even allow that on their phones. Now it's a little bit better where they cut back, but it's kind of like OPM data breach. You already gave up all your information. That's, you already had that's it. Not, but that's not true. That's not true. And, and that, that goes true. for all – that goes for everything that deals anything with Google. Google has made a requirement from any any 
uh, developer who uses the Google API that if they're going to access your camera on a phone using an Android system, you have to declare a, a standard verbiage that says this, uh, this, this uh, app has the potential to be able to access your photos and your, your files on your phone. It has, to, it has to declare that. It also has to give you the option to say yes or no as to whether or not you want it to have that kind of access. Now, and when you say no, mean, the game does that mean the developer does that, does that the developer has written into the app a routine to go and data mine your phone? And the chances are no, because that clogs up the app. The more streamlined the app, the more popular it will be because of its speed. And for instance, like the Niantic uh, app for Pokemon Go for the Android system had to say that it had access to that because it does use your phone, you know, the camera, for the purposes of projecting a Pokemon onto what your camera is looking at. And so it gives the appearance of the Pokemon being in front of you. And you can turn that off and on as you see fit. Or when you first download the program, you can tell it, I do not want to give it permission to have access to my phone. Thus, the app no longer has access to anything dealing with that. Uh, no longer has access. had this problem with the yeah. Apple app when they first released it, realized the error of what they had done, and they made the fixes so that the app could yes, not do that, that and made that's what I said. and put a put a production put something out. This was almost It was like that with the Facebook Messenger app too, right? Yes, Facebook the, Messenger. Yeah, the so that's way. why I still I don't I don't do the Facebook Messenger app. I just open it up in Safari and use Messenger through Safari on my <laughs> right, phone. Right. And that makes sense. I mean, and you can do your, but my point is, my point is, is that you as the consumer need to be aware of what apps you are using. You need to be aware of what, what kind of, 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 of institution, what kind of a, a company, what kind of a, a developer you're dealing with. And I have an inherent trust to application to to developers like Google, because they have not been able to successfully become the second largest corporate entity on the stock market today, without paying attention to the the wasted space in the apps that they provide. They have streamlined their product so much and have got such. They have made sure that that. So much that, that shouldn't necessarily happen does not occur within their apps that they have they become a, a more streamlined business. So I inherently will believe anything that Google says with that grain of salt that there are crazy idiots out there. And I do believe that I need to wear a, a, a aluminum cap, aluminum cone on top of my head to keep the aliens from reading my mind. But uh, <laughs> conspiracy theories live well inside my head, but I rarely let them out. Um, 
But you know, when when I see things like I see things like a story that says Niantic now has control of your phone and they're data mining all of your details, et cetera, et cetera, because of this, that, and the other. No, 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 no. They don't realize, because I'm a developer myself, I'm trying to write an app that helps military spouses. I had to understand the APIs. I know this stuff, people. And the API requires that me, the developer, if I'm going to access anything on your phone in that manner where I'm requiring a push from your phone, I have to let you know. I have to. If I uh-huh. don't, they won't put it on Google Play. And they will make sure that your phone, which you're, uh, you're advised never to download any app that has not been approved through Google Play. If you're going to do, if you do something outside of Google Play, dude, you are wide open for any virus that comes along. You're doing, you're wide open for any data mining. That is your own damn fault. You're the stupid individual who decided that you wanted to go against smart ideas. So that being said, I don't take those types of reporting from any kind of a media outlet that I don't recognize as mainstream as any kind of, of, of solid proof. And so when they were saying Pokemon Go is going to take control over all of your, your the, every, every contact on your phone is going to, going to read all of the files on your phone, is going to take control of your phone because you have given it, you've downloaded it and you're now playing it and it has access to it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. As a matter of fact, Pokemon Go isn't even in the first release yet. This is the pre-release beta that's out there now. They're not even into version 1.0. That's due later this month. Hmm. Okay, so after you get done with your tirade, you rant. If you actually <laughs> read the article, read what it, that's always about. It, again, awesome. when it was first released, July 11th, it had access to all your Google stuff in, for those people who signed in with the Google account information. Okay, so they had access to your Gmail, your Google Docs, your Google Photos, as well as track your location history, your search history, and more. They promised to I, fix it. I, I remember reading 12, something like 16. that, and then they came out with yeah. a fix. So I remember right, reading it. Right, came that. out with a fix, but when you first was released, that they, they gave all those permissions, and the people who signed in and, hey, let's download Pokemon Go and let's have it all connected. Their information was completely accessed. They opened up everything. It's like giving them a fingerprint of what you are. So you cannot tell me that they did not do that. They did do that. And Pokemon Go, they didn't Niantic do it on purpose. came from Google. They didn't do it on purpose. But since Niantic came from Google, those permissions were still in there. It was a mistake. They recognized the mistake. They promised to fix it the very next day. It took them a couple of days to fix, but it, the damage is already done. It's like, again, it's like OPM data breach. Damage is already done. It's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but o- OPM went. OPM was open for a long time, and OPM OPM was unrecognized until after the damage was made public. The actual damage. There's no actual damage has ever occurred because of Pokemon. There's no. There's no so indication or proof of anything being used inappropriately from Niantic 
nothing yet. Because remember, Niantic came from Google. Niantic is a, a spinoff from Google. It's another company. Yes. It's a subsidiary, yes. If you want to call it that. Of course, they're going to say, oh, no, no, yeah, we have access, but we did not do anything with that. Because we're Google. Hey, let me take a quick 30-second break, and uh, you guys can collect your thoughts, and we'll jump deep right back into it from here after we do this. Sound like a plan? Sure. All right. Here we go. As Captain Barrett's wife, I'm known for my volunteer work, but at home... Hey, you ate all the cookies. Wasn't me. I'm known for my amazing chocolate chip cookies, and that's fine with me. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance, to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote, or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. Armed Forces Insurance, outstanding, outstanding company. I, I took a little, little, uh, uh, I guess I didn't particularly like a picture that they did um, dealing with uh, what's the word, the the. Uh, it's it's a poster where it says Pokemon Go. Uh, they said it would be fun. And it shows a, a, a vehicle upside down off of the side of a mountain. And that picture looked awfully familiar. And it predates Pokemon Go. The picture, it does. So it's not an actual accident that occurred because of Pokemon. Uh, it, it was, a, it was a, a picture of something that happened because of texting. And so whereas I appreciate the, the message don't drive and do Pokemon Go. I take exception to the fact that that picture is trying to be associated with doing Pokemon Go. Closest picture I found dealing with Pokemon Go similar to that is a guy who drove off of drove off of a road trying to get to a Poke stop, and and he just he didn't put his his brakes on and he drifted off into the into the the, the sandy spots and he couldn't get out. Anyway, sorry. Hmm. Back to you, Jay. <laughs> you are making great points. <laughs> I'm just saying that the, that when they were first released, they allowed full access to everything, including kids under age, you know, 13 years old, as long as they're authorized. And uh, you as an adult said, yeah, you can go ahead and play that thing. Um, now they fixed it, but yeah, the damage is done already. It's out there. They had access to it all. I'm sure they're not going to do anything with it, but still, yeah, the fact that you allowed them to take a look basically at your whole entire life file, whatever you have on, on Google. And it's, it's a huge chunk because Google always tracks you due to ads and whatever not. So anything that you search for, they, they track it. Anything that you Google, they track. But it's through those specific apps using the Google API. Right. So, like I said, they, they closed that aperture. So the aperture was big and wide. Now they refined it to just your um, your, your profile. Hi, got Jack Lee is talking. Uh, brought up something um, something that that he's 
uh, found from a, a friend of his, I guess, uh, Andrea Lystrup. Uh, we put the link up into the into the page. Um, I'm going to read what he says here real quick. It says, a friend of mine, darn it, he slipped over to the big screen for the messages. It says, a friend of mine is a marriage counselor. We talked jokingly about Pokemon Go at a baby shower. Hours later, I saw him playing in the local mall, and she made this article. It's an article called Reignite Your Spark with Pokemon Go. So like I said, I put the link up there for you to, to read about. And, uh, and, and this is something I've actually seen at the Poke Gym that's right close to my house and the Poke Stop that's right close to my house. I have seen husband and wife teams going and playing Pokemon with each other at the Poke Stop. And it's, it's fun to watch. So I'll let you guys read that at your convenience, unless you want me to give uh, read through it real quick. Uh, I can do that quick. <laughs> well, the nice thing about the the game itself is that once they closed the aperture and made it just to be able to look at your profile, it, it does drive a, some of the economy. I mean, the, the very tech-savvy businesses, they throw out that little uh, – Lure. Then every all the Pokemon Go guys, they they come over to business and start buying stuff, which is great, great idea. As far as the the purchasing Pokeballs and things like that. Uh, no, so far, that's what, been, there's what been no ads that they will actually have. Um, they'll use the game. They'll set out a lure, which then lures all the other Pokemon Go players to their establishment. They buy right, 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 right. Things like that. Very yeah, good. So, yes. Yeah, it, it's I've a great thing that. to do that. However, unfortunately, they quit letting businesses put pokey stops, which is where you go and put the lure up. Uh, they quit right. letting them put, anybody put up any pokey stops for for now until through the foreseeable future. So. That's kind of up in the air as to whether or not they're going to let anybody do that. There's been right now. There's been a lot of controversy on some of the pokey stops being in inappropriate places, like on people's graves. Well, and, yeah. <laughs> um, for <laughs> the that's just wild not pattern. good. I mean, I, I, and I see what they're saying because where whereas the the, the Pokemon Go is is a is a creation. Or is a is a logical offshoot from the Niantic game Ingress, and Ingress had all of the various monuments identified, described, etc. And you had tasks and tasks in which you went to go see the various monuments and whatnot. Uh, whereas in a cemetery, there's a great monument. They put a pokey stop there, and so if you put a lure on there, everybody shows up. Where are you going to sit? Except on headstones. Yeah. And and with a lure, why do people come to a lure other than the fact that Pokemon, the, the rare Pokemons, might show up to the lure? Then they typically don't. I've, I've used a lure just to try and get my team, fellow Team Niantic people over to, to the gym that I'm trying to take over. Um, it doesn't necessarily bring in more uh, Pokemon, but it brings in more Pokemon players. So... Yeah, if you had a business, 
there was one article which I thought was really cool. There's a pokey stop near this little girl's house. So she put out in her front yard, she put put snacks and drinks, and she's making a nice little killing off of people coming along playing Pokemon that are thirsty and hungry. Kind of like the old lemonade stand. Ah, hmm. that's pretty smart of that girl. I thought it was pretty cool myself. It was a good article. That's pretty smart. Huh. Look back over here, see if Jack had anything else. And, the, and then there's the, the kid who killed his brother for deleting his game. Yeah, and then you get those stories. Yeah. Is that a real story? Is it true? That is a real story, yeah. He stabbed his brother to death. For playing because Pokemon he, he Go? Yeah, he, he was playing Pokemon Go. The younger brother grabbed his phone, deleted the game, and so the older brother stabbed his, his brother to death over a, a game. Whoa. Jeez. I don't even know how to respond to that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know how to respond. Like, that's, this is my response. I don't know how to respond. Right. Well, there's good and bad. I mean, it's good that you get the, the people up off the couch, stop being couch potatoes. It's bad that they don't set boundaries. It's bad that it becomes so addictive that people quit their jobs or, you know, do other crazy things. So, I mean, there, there's good and bad with everything. Uh, they should set up boundaries. Hey, uh, we're in a zoo. Yeah, let's not put the, the, the little Pokemon inside the cage of a wild tiger. Let kids climb over the fence and go get the, this one rare Pokemon or something. You know, just <laughs> basic things like this, I, you know. Hey, the thing let's, is, let's, is that you can sit there, and Jay, you have kids. You can tell your kid no as many times as you want, and sometimes they're just going to do it. I mean, like, if you don't, like, chain them to you to make them stop doing something or, like, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, there have been times where I've told my kid, don't do that, don't do that. No, it's going to, you know, it's going to hurt. And and he still does it. I'm like, okay. Oh, what I'm saying is that, um, you know, what I'm saying is that the developers, they can set the boundaries, you know. They're Google. They have Google Maps. Look at the map. Find out where the zoos are at. Find out where the the cliff is, where the road ends. You know, set the boundaries that Pokemons don't go beyond those boundaries. Keep it within the parks. Keep it within certain areas, you know, areas that you can walk. Stop putting them on the highway for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, just that, It's just got to be something better than some of the places that they're putting them. And right. That's what I'm they're Google. They have, the, they have maps of the, of the whole entire world. Just exactly. set the boundaries. And, and, and that, 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 that's cool. That's fine and dandy, but doesn't necessarily – will that necessarily work since the – the Google, well, since since the Pokemon Go app itself relies on the accuracy of your GPS system in your phone as to where you are. So yeah, and accuracy within five meters. Does it drop a Pokemon within five meters of you? You're standing on the edge of a cliff, whereas the GPS system puts you a good 200 meters uh, away from the cliff. Uh-huh. If, if the GPS shows you're 200 meters away from the cliff, would it put a, puts a Pokemon in front of you? Is that wrong? Now, there, there also, there's also a, a, a mis, 
a misconception in here too. Pokemon, you don't have to go up to a Pokemon. I've played Pokemon in my chair at home here for levels levels zero through 12. I never left my easy chair. And I caught all of the Pokemons. I had all of the fun. I never had to leave that chair. So this, the, the chasing Pokemon down is not necessarily the truth. Well, have you seen that? Have you seen that meme where they say, uh, if somebody jumps in my yard looking for a Pokemon, they're going to get a Glockachu in the face? Yeah, <laughs> I heard that one. I heard that one. I liked that. It was funny. That was funny until you actually see the news saying that people got shot at for trying oh, yeah, to catch Pokemon. Trespassing is up dark. like 84% or something like that. So. Yeah. I can believe that. Uh, my friend Miranda, who lives in Bremerton, Washington, commented on how she found two people in her backyard trying to catch Pokemon. And she um, went out there and screamed at them, and they left. And now people don't come back to her house. Yeah. So I was pretty impressed that she just all she had to do was scream at them. And she's like, look, I've got three kids, and I'm going to just unleash my kids on you. And they all left. Mm. I was like, Miranda's awesome. Ah, okay. So Pokemon, people are might get shot. People uh, are trespassing. This is that's the stupid side, though. That's the stupid stuff. I'm gonna choose to look at the positive here. Oh, look at the biggest first. The first stupidest stuff that Pokemon Go actually hit was that guy stopping in the middle of the highway, causing that pileup. And yeah. his response: Gotta catch them all. I'm like, are you serious? You're going to cause this huge snarl and pileup just to catch a virtual monster thing, you know? <laughs> For priorities. So, I mean, if the antic just going back to what Dave was saying, you know, they, they, just, they can set their boundaries so that way it won't yeah. come within 200 meters of a freeway, 200 exactly. meters of a cliff. Stay the hell out of the zoos. You know, they can set boundaries. It's not that difficult to do. It's just writing the new API packet. Well, and Pokemon Go doesn't come with the app of common sense while you're playing it either. So, <laughs> Sean, you're right, awesome. So <laughs> make it more sensible for these people who don't have that common sense. You know, hey, Pokemon not showing up over here. Uh, maybe it's because it's dangerous. Don't go there. Yeah. My kid wants to play Pokemon Go so badly. Okay, and we're now, waiting. Going back to what you like, Susan, here's another story. You know, the Pokemon Go, there's a bunch of um, cancer patient kids. They can't get out and play. So what they're doing is they're asking people to, hey, bring your lure over here, drop it down over here so these kids can. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, we are just waiting because I want to just wait a little bit. You know, I wanted to, you know, really do my research. I want to really look into it first. And um, also, um, you know, I just... How, you know, old is, and how old is your kid? He's five. Oh, and he'll, by he'll, no means Pokemon is Go he going to be... Pokemon Go will be around by the time he turns 18, so... Yeah. 
I mean, I, by no means am I going <laughs> to obviously hand over like a tablet to him at five and say, okay, go play. Because, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, he's five. I love him to death. But this is a person who still just kind of gets out of the car and just starts walking into the middle of the parking lot because he's seriously not paying attention. You know, because he's like, oh, I need to stop. I'm like, yeah, you don't walk out into a parking lot, kid. Um, you know, because he's five. And uh, five-year-olds are crazy. And so, you know, I told him, I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. We're going to set some boundaries. You know, you're going to, you can only play with mommy or daddy. We're going to do this together as a family. And he actually is so excited that we are going to do it together as a family. That's what he wants. So, okay, I can do that. Ten minutes. Yeah. Although one day he's not going to want to hang out with us so much when he gets older, but that's okay. At this point, we're still going to do it together as a family. Is everybody there? Jay? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. I just said 10 minutes. Well, okay. I mean. <laughs> 10 minutes. That's it. Well, it's been a really interesting discussion today, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave had to throw that, that curveball in there, you know. Yeah, Pokemon Go. No, Pokemon No. I love that, Jay. Pokemon No. You're so funny. Well, the thing is that um, my oldest son played Pokemon when it was on the DS, which is fine. Now it's uh, it's getting a little on the, out of hand. I like the fact that it does get kids up off the couch and stop being couch yeah. potatoes and give yeah. them a little at least exercise to get out and enjoy the world. But the fact that these kids are just doing the, the, the stupidest things out there, just going to these dangerous areas, not even paying attention, getting run over, falling off this, yeah. drowning yeah. – Stabbing each other for crying out loud, really? Over a game? It's a game. <laughs> yeah, it is. But that is where, and that is why, as I am as a parent, being a lot more restrictive. You know, I have to, you know, it is a game. And I have to make sure I remind him of that. This is a game, hon. This is not real life. It is a game. So, you know, no shenanigans here. Well, you know, some shenanigans, because everybody needs some shenanigans, but you know what I mean. Right, yeah, no, nothing too out of hand. Yeah, exactly. You know, let's not be ridiculous. And common sense. Yeah, it's uh, <sighs> everything in moderation. Uh, yeah, everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. I love moderation. It's so nice. Moderation. That is so funny. Sorry, Dave. Just thought about that. Uh, I got booted out of that one because of moderation. Oh, my gosh. That was crazy. We're going to have to talk about that with Dave's next show. I think Dave is gone. Uh, she said he was taking care of something. And oh, okay. That, that was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was crazy. I didn't even see it all. All of a sudden, Dave's like, did you see that? I'm like, no. And then I saw heard a little bit about it. I was like, what the heck just happened here? Um, yeah. 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 It was one of those. I yeah. did take screenshots, so yeah, I got them. I heard that. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm going to the beach next week on a girl trip, and I'm so excited. Hi, well, you live on an island in the Pacific right now. You've got beaches all around you. I'm a little jealous. 
Yeah, we went to all the beaches. We just celebrated the Liberation Day out here in Guam. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was on the, was it the 21st? That is really cool. So when I was a kid, Jay, growing up, and I went to DOD schools, for Pacific Islander Heritage Month, every year the uh, Pacific Island Heritage Group would get together and all the nationalities would come in and do this huge, huge uh, assembly and do traditional dance with traditional clothes and we would have food and it was yummy and oh my gosh I still remember it all to this day like I can still visualize sitting there in the gym in my elementary school in fourth grade and watching all the dancers from the different countries like you know Hawaiians and um, you know just you know the you know the Hawaiians to the Japanese to the to the Chinese to the New Zealanders, you know, just all the Pacific Islands, right? It was really, really cool. So I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of sad that I, can, you know, I can't come and visit you so easily to actually see all this stuff because <laughs> I would really enjoy it. Um, Fest Pack is supposed to hit Hawaii in 2024, something like that. Ah. Okay. So it was here this past year. We just, we barely missed that, and uh, it, they're they're trying to send it to Hawaii. Okay, cool. Cool. Oh, my goodness. Get out. Cats are stupid. I have these stupid cats that I live with. They're my husband's cats. Oh, my goodness. You know how, like, when your spouse is deployed or TDY or training somewhere and your house just seems to go completely crazy because... Somehow they, well, you guys are the husbands, but you know what I'm saying. When your spouse is gone, it's like he's the glue that holds this household together, and everything is nuts in this place right now. Somebody called in. Oh, yeah, somebody called in, yay. Yeah, it was me. I got disconnected. Oh, Sean's back. I was wondering where you went. No, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm eating. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Come on, go. Oh, there I'm back Dave is. Yeah, what happened oh, to Dave, too? Dave, Dave lost sound completely. I've had to call in on my home phone, which fortunately has long-distance overseas dialing. Oh, that's nice. They have that now? They didn't have that when I was a kid. Yeah, you got to pay extra. But ah, okay. we did that. We did that to make sure we had access to the family. No, my my computer has crashed. It totally lost sound, and I only got there's only like two minutes left. Oh. Yes, there's only two minutes left. Hey, I I, I checked on the uh, the story. Wanted to find the story about the 15 year old new 15 year old boy. It turned out to be fake. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't uh, put it past them. You know, it, it's just ridiculous the things that they do. I did see one where the girl walked into a bus. Yeah, I've seen that one too. And that she one didn't too. Die. You know, she got brick rolled a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one was. Um, da, 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 they said it was it is false. Uh, no truth at all. It was cartel press to put it out, and they're ones who like to create sensational news stories. Well, yeah, it's always found uh, that on, found them, that you know? on Snopes. 
and then we make a copy of that and go put it in the chat room. Assuming, of course, I still have the chat room available to look at. Let's see. Yep, chat room's still there. Let me go stick it over in the chat room, and that way you guys can see it too. And paste. So what did I what did I miss while I was trying to get sound back? Um, that um, that Jay lives on a really cool island in the middle of the Pacific, and I would like <laughs> to go and visit him. <laughs> oh wow! Well, <laughs> because I think it would be fun. It would be fun. It would be fun. Guam is a beautiful place. Well, I have we have to cut this short because unfortunately we have run out of time for the day. Okay. One minute left. So we can pick it up where we left off uh, next week. How's that sound? Well, you guys have fun. I'm going to the beach on a girl trip. Ah, Have fun. All right. right, Have a good weekend. Be safe, everybody. It's a girl BFF trip, mister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We'll see you guys. (laughs) Okay, bye, everyone. All right, bye. See you later. When I'm on base, I'm known as Staff Sergeant Cooper, but at home... Daddy! Hi, Dad. Daddy! Hi! I'm known as Dad, and I wouldn't have it any other way. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance, to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote, or visit www.afi.com. All right, everybody, well, thank you very much for joining us on Male Military Spouse Radio Show number 74 with Male Milk Spouse Sean O'Driscoll. Uh, we'll see you guys next week, same place, same bat channel, same bat time. This is Crazy Dave Edder, also known as Old Fart, signing out. See you guys. The views and opinions expressed on Male Military Spouse Radio are not those of the management of MachoSpouse.com or any of their sponsors and shall be deemed just that, opinions and views.